Be sure to tune into Immigration with Tamina Watson this and every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Immigration attorney Tamina Watson founded Watson Immigration Law here in Seattle and is a frequent speaker, author, and blogger who has appeared in Forbes, CNN, The Seattle Times, and much, much more. On her new radio show, Tamina will take all your questions live on air. Plus, she will discuss and provide insight into the latest immigration news and issues, as well as talk with notable personalities who have impacted U.S. immigration laws or our notable immigrants themselves. Check out her new show, Tuesdays at 10 a.m., Immigration with Tamina Watson on Daisy 1250 a.m., radio that listens to you. Good morning, Seattle. This is Tamina Watson on Desi 1250 AM. This show is called Immigration with Tamina, and here we discuss immigration issues all sorts of issues, news updates, talking to people who are making a difference in immigration, people who are inspiring uh, change, who are immigrants, uh, so much. This uh, is a really interesting show. Um, of course, I would say that, but I, I'm hearing from a lot of you, and I'm so grateful that you are actually listening and letting me know that you're listening, and it's just wonderful to have feedback. So thank you so much. This show is aired every Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. Pacific Standard Time. You can tune in on your radio, uh, which is uh, at the dial 1250 a.m. It's an a.m. station. But you can also uh, tune in through your website at www.desi1250am.com. But there's also an app available and you can download that to your tablet, to your phone, and you can listen to Desi 1250 anywhere at any time. You know, the SC1250 has really made a big difference in our community. It's brought us together. It's brought communities, organizations, individuals um, all together. And it's just wonderful to have the SC1250 among us. To me, it's really made a big difference. I love talking immigration law. And here I am uh, talking immigration law to all of you uh, every week. Um, so I am a happy, happy bunny. But today is also a very special day. I don't normally announce this, but I, I can't help myself since I'm on radio and I've never done this before. It's my birthday. Um, you know, it's it's interesting to celebrate this birthday on the C twelve fifty AM on my radio show, where I just love doing what I do, helping the people I help. Um, practicing the kind of law that I, I practice. And, you know, I wake up so excited to see what the day holds for me. The type of uh, clients that I can help uh, really vary from the CEOs of companies that are opening in the U.S. to companies that already exist and are hiring people from abroad all the way to the person who has been abused in a domestic violence situation and trying to flee home and trying to find their feet on U.S. soil. Uh, it's a very, very interesting area. And if you need help, I would love to help you. Um, you know, I, I sometimes wake up, but I don't know what kind of calls I'm going to get. Uh, one time I got a call saying, hey, I just became a citizen yesterday, but I want to give it up. And, you know, you don't get to hear that kind of story every day. And finding the answer to that was, was not very easy. But you, if you have questions, I would love to answer them for you. Or just call in to say hi. The phone number here is 844-301-1250. That's 844-301-1250. Please call in when you get a chance. And if you can't call in right now live, you can email at info at watsonimmigrationlaw.com. 
You know, this show today is all about news updates. I haven't been able to give you news updates in quite a while, and so much has happened. And actually, some of this is very important, particularly to those of you who have visas in this country. Um, Those visas can be in jeopardy, and I'll tell you why soon. Um, Before I talk about uh, all the news updates I really want to give you, I want to give a shout out to Ravindra on Twitter. And he tweeted me saying, hey, please do a show on VisaGate 2015. Now, if you don't know what that is, that's a a case that was um, brought into the federal court uh, and all about challenging uh, filing a green card application while you have uh, an employment-based immigrant visa pending. And it's been really uh, followed by a lot of people in our community, and it is indeed a very important subject matter. So, Ravindra, thank you so much for that suggestion. I do have that in mind. It's on my to-do list. And to be honest, I'm looking for a guest and I will tell you who that is soon. Once I lock that down, uh, the show will be announced. So stay tuned for that. And before I go into the news updates, I want to tell you more about some of the guests. You know, we've been very, very lucky to have some very influential people on this radio show. Uh, We've had Todd Schulte, who is the president of Forward.us. Forward.us is an organization that was founded by the Facebook founder, Mark Zuckerberg, and many other uh, CEOs of companies like that. We have had Jorge Barón, who is the executive director of the Northwest Immigrants' Rights Project. And if you didn't know, last weekend they had a wonderful gala where I was able to attend, and uh, it was it was just inspiring. We have had some very inspiring immigrants on the show to show that you too can follow footsteps and make a difference in this country despite being an immigrant. In fact, being an immigrant is sometimes really a plus. Uh, you you. May have remember that we had uh, Miss Pramila Jayapal, who is now running for Congress, and I sincerely hope she she makes it to Congress because she really will make a huge difference in many areas, but particularly immigration reform. Um, but coming up, you know, next week we have a, a, a very wonderful guest coming up. Her name is Rashi Bhatnagar, and all of you that are enjoying an H four EAD, you cannot miss next week's show. Rashi had single-handedly organized a lot of people to advocate for H-4 EADs. Now, H-4 EADs, that's the employment document that allows um, work permission to spouses of H-1B holders. And the the argument and the advocacy for that was going on for a long time. Uh, But Rashi had really made a big difference in this advocacy, um, and and which has, of course, resulted in many of you uh, having an H4 EAD. So please tune in. That's May 31st at 10 o'clock. And in the coming months, we have some very interesting guests lined up as they become confirmed and we have dates locked in. We will let you know, but a little hint is somebody who runs the city. Uh, He hopefully will be here uh, talking about some of the things that the city is doing. Uh, And that is indeed, of course, the Seattle mayor. I I hope he will join us soon. I will let you know when that happens. But we will also have some other industry leaders on the show um, and as they as they get confirmed and the dates get locked in I will let you know please please tune in so now comes some of the news updates I want to give you 
Now, uh, if you have just tuned in, this is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250 AM. Thank you for tuning in. This show is all about immigration law. So the first news update I'm going to give you is a new case that has been lodged. It's a lawsuit that was filed uh, by two immigration groups. One is the American Immigration Lawyers Association, and we also know that as AILA. I, too, am a member of AILA. Uh, and the American Immigration Council, both these organizations filed a lawsuit against the USCIS, essentially asking to have uh, transparency in how the H-1B lottery is conducted conducted. You may remember our show from last week where we had OT Clubhouse uh, CEO uh, and founder Teresa Fairfield on the show and she was a lucky recipient of the H-1B visa this year and you may remember that there were 236,000 H-1B visa applications for only 85,000 visas that are, are allowed. So that the the chances of winning the lottery, quote unquote, lottery is very slim, and that's not how businesses can run. So the two organizations have brought a lawsuit to ask USCIS to to show um, how this lottery is conducted. Melissa Crow, the legal director of the American Immigration Council, says this is one big black hole. And I couldn't agree more. Uh, so if you want to hear more about this particular lawsuit, uh, this this particular article can be found on Computer World. And the name of the article is Lawsuit Seeks the Secrets Behind the H-1B Lottery. And I know many of you would like to know what the secret source is. So would I. Um, and so would many of our clients. So when I have more news on this particular news item, I will absolutely um, update you on it. Now, the second news article I want to bring your attention to is executive action. Uh, you may remember in November 2014, uh, President Obama had announced immigration um, executive action. And in that announcement, there were two particular programs. Now, one was the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. DACA, and the executive action in 2014 was going to increase the age uh, of recipients. Uh, in 2012, when the program was launched, the cutoff for the age was 30. Or was it 31? I can't remember. 30 or 31. Uh, and it really uh, had a large group of people um, that were not able to apply for these these DACA uh, EADs. So executive action was going to allow uh, the age cap to be removed. Um, the program was also going to allow three-year work permits instead of two. And when the announcement was made, uh, the program was already issuing three-year Green uh, work permits, uh, whereas uh, the executive action uh, was held up in court and the three-year work permit was also held up. So when people started to receive three-year work permits, uh, the judge was not very happy. Uh, in the in the in the case, so he has now ordered um, the people who had received three year work permits to be named. Now, what USCIS had done, they had issued three year work permits to people, but because of the court case, they had retrieved all of those three year work permits and replaced them with the regular two year work permits. Now, the judge is asking for names of all the people that had received a three year work permit, and you know that's what the challenge is. 
changes? Uh, should he be asking for individual identities uh, of these people? What do you think? Just should the judge really um, ask for these names for people who had three-year work permits? Call in if you have an opinion on that. Would love to hear from you. Um, as this case uh, develops, I'll be sure to let you know more. Um, so I'm going to move on to other topics. If you have just tuned in, this is Immigration with Tamina on this E1250. Thank you so much for joining us. It's 10, uh, 12 at the moment, and we have about 50 minutes left. Uh, so I, I have to dive into all the things I want to tell you. Now, the next thing I want to mention, and you have listened to me talk about voting quite a bit, uh, our vote matters. The vote matters not only for the presidential election, it matters for our local elections. You know, I want, I, I, I've been describing this to a lot of my clients, to my friends. The president is a really, really important role. And of course, we need to make sure that the right person gets into the White House. But as we have seen with President Obama, much of his work was um, stalled in Congress. And that's because the members of Congress didn't want to move forward with the various issues that needed working on. Um, So it matters who is in Congress representing us. And that is why the local elections really, really matter. And, you know, we have a contested um, um, election in our local area for a seat in Congress, and you should follow that. Uh, And we've had two of the guests on our show in the past, and they're both wonderful. You make the decision of who should be uh, going to Congress. You must take an interest in voting because it really makes a difference to all of us and to you. And to that effect, the city, uh, Seattle, city of Seattle, has uh, launched something called Seattle Votes 2016 Survey. Now, this is really important. The Office of Immigrant and Refugee Affairs has started this um, uh, survey so that the city can gather more information in making the the election system, naturalization, registering for voting, uh, how, how all of these issues can be improved. Now, it is, you know, common knowledge that immigrants and refugees are a, are a small part of, uh, of the community that perhaps don't really know all the information that is required to either naturalize, to register for voting and various other information. So the city has, is asking for your input in, in learning how better to help you. So if you would please go to the website for the city of Seattle and look for the, the Seattle Votes survey and complete that, that would be wonderful. So what is um, the survey trying to do? It's trying to improve naturalization and the registration process. It wants to understand better the barriers to civic engagement from the immigrant and refugee residents, uh, and many of us fit into that category. And the survey is available in various languages, including Spanish, Chinese, Vietnamese, Korean, Somali, Amharic, Oromo, Tigrinya, and Arabic. There may be other languages available too, but please log on to the website so you can find out how you can be helped. Um, Who can fill this out? Anybody who was born outside the U.S. and is at least 18 years old, they can fill that out. 
Um, it's really, really an important part of society to be able to help the community take part in uh, voting. And as you may know, unless you're a citizen, you can't take part uh, in 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 election. And this is why it's very important, particularly with the current rhetoric going on in the country and with a, an election coming up in in November 2016. You know, uh, I would ask you to make sure that you tune into our show every week because we will be talking more about voting issues uh, and you will likely find it very, very interesting. So if you have just tuned in, this is Immigration with Tamina on Desi 1250. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear from you. If you want to say hello, we'd love to hear from you. Our phone number here is 844-301-301. One two five zero eight four four three zero one one two five zero. I also want to tell you um, very quickly that uh, my Twitter handle is at Tamina Watson. That's T A H M I N A Watson at Tamina Watson. Please follow me. There was lots of news um, updates there as well. And you can hear about what's going on in the next show um, from the Twitter feed. uh, feed. But you can also um, like our Facebook page, which is Watson Immigration Law. And that will be on Facebook. You can also find us on LinkedIn. um, And of course, our website, which is www.com. WatsonImmigrationLaw.com and the email address is info at WatsonImmigrationLaw.com. Uh, we can help you with lots of uh, all different types of immigration issues, but we just love to talk to you. So call in when you can. So if you have just tuned in, this is Immigration with Tamina. I am going to be moving on to something very, very important that I've been wanting to speak about for quite a while. Um, If you are a visa holder in this country working, whether it's an H-1B or an L visa or an O or a P or any of the other visas that allow you to be here with non-immigrant intent, those are generally referred to as non-immigrant visa, um, you need to be able to understand this next thing I'm going to talk about. Now, you may or may not know that the Department of State, the USCIS, um, and the Department of Homeland Security, they, they have the authority to revoke your visa. But typically, it's, you know, not enforced without really um, uh, very, it, it, you know, important issues. So if you have done something that is uh, a threat to national security or public threat, you you know, you could be subject to revocation. You may have violated your immigration status or your, your visa rules. But what's particularly interesting is recently, in the last few months, the Department of State has updated the rules. And now there is something called prudential Um, revocation. Now, what does prudential revocation mean? And I'm going to read this out from the Foreign Affairs Manual, um, and I'm going to read it out uh, verbatim. Although consular officers generally may revoke a visa only if the alien is ineligible under a particular section of the law, I'm not going to bother telling you that, or is no longer entitled to the visa classification, the department may revoke a visa if an an ineligibility or lack of entitlement is suspected 
suspected or for virtually any other reason. Now remember this clause, or virtually any other reason. This is known as a prudential revocation. The department may revoke a visa when it receives derogatory information directly from another U.S. government agency, including a member of the intelligence or law enforcement community. Now, it may not sound like much, but that's a really, really important paragraph there. So your visa could be revoked for virtually any other reason. And it can be revoked if there is derogatory information directly from another U.S. government agency. What does derogatory mean? Derogatory derogatory can be anything. It really means just bad news about you. What could be bad? Um, Do you have a criminal conviction? Do you have, uh, are you a security threat? Has there been uh, a a name check um, conflict uh, in your security background? Could there be anything else? We just don't know. But what this really is, is an opportunity for the government to take your visa away. And if you have been in the U.S. for many, many, many years and suddenly you find yourself in a bit of a pickle with the law, you could very well lose your visa. Um, And particularly important to understand is a, a, a newer section, prudential revocation for driving under the influence. Now, what this really is saying, the Department of Homeland Security, um, the Department of State, either the post, meaning the embassy, or the department in the U.S., has the authority to prudentially revoke a visa on the basis of ineligibility when a watch list promote hit appears for an arrest or a conviction of driving under the influence, driving while intoxicated, or similar arrests convictions that occurred within the last five years. Now, this is rather important. We, um, as lawyers, get to speak to each other for, through various listservs, and you, we've been hearing about posts calling uh, visa holders back to the embassy and essentially revoking the visa. Now, for driving under the influence, this is particularly important because if you have even been arrested, whether you were convicted or not, if you have been arrested, whether it's driving under the influence, driving while intoxicated, or any other type of DUI charge, your visa is actually in jeopardy. And whether it's now or even if it was in the last five years, your visa could still be under jeopardy. So if you have um, a a DUI type uh, charge, arrest, conviction, um, it's something to be very aware of. And particularly if the embassy is calling you back for an interview, you need to be prudent about it. Seek legal advice before you go back to the country to your home country for an interview uh, and understand what your options will be if uh, the visa is potentially going to be revoked. If the visa may be revoked, then there may be other ways of getting it back, but the chances are really slim, it seems. There is a waiver available um, and you have to uh, do a physical assessment before you can get your visa back. But think about the time that you might have to spend in your home country waiting to get through all that process. So bottom line is, 
don't drive while intoxicated don't commit any type of dui but you know life happens sometimes and you just don't know when that could happen but if you are a visa holder particularly an h1b visa holder or an l1a visa holder l1 visa holder any type of work visa holder this is really, really important for you to know. I will be blogging about this soon um, on my website, www.watsonimmigrationlaw.com. Um, and you should also be informed about this. So if you have just tuned in, this is Immigration with Tamina. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. I have so much to tell you. I didn't even get to talk, talk to you about the STEM OPT rules. And sometime soon, I'll be coming back to that. So I would love for you to tune in next week to listen to our wonderful guest Rashi Patnagar who is going to talk about age 4 EAD um, advocacy in the meantime call us next week keep the number handy 844-301-1250 email me at info at Thank you so much for listening and speak to you next week at 10 o'clock. Bye-bye. Looking to advertise on Desi 1250 AM? Get your business, product or service instantly connected to the Seattle Tacoma Desi community. Have your own show or we can customize a campaign for you. Contact Desi 1250 AM at gmail.com. <laughs>